Welcome, friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway, and David Kinneman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's broadcast. We have an all-star lineup here from South Georgia joining us on the conversation today. And uh, today we are talking big invites. So this is something that we do at the mission board, have the last couple of years to, to help your church be prepared for Easter. Be thinking about that, things that you can do to, to reach people in the community, get them there on Sunday. But uh, in discipleship, we want to we wanna make sure that we focus on how we get uh, guests connected today. So specifically, we have those Easter guests that are coming, and when they come, how are we going to get them connected to groups? So our rock star lineup this morning is uh, Ray Sullivan, who is the Southeast Discipleship Consultant out there on the Blueberry Farm. Ray, is it blueberry season yet? Almost, middle of April. All right, we're getting there. I, I expect to see some here soon. Mm -hmm. And um, Kenny Sexton's not far from him over there in Satilla Baptist Church, somewhere between here and heaven, I think. Is that where you're located? <laughs> it is in, in Ray, Georgia. So, yes. Ray, Georgia. There you go. Mm -hmm. And then we have Steve Sherling. He's the pastor over at First Baptist Quitman, and they fed me quail for the first time uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I feel I feel better for it. I really do. So thank you for that, Steve. You're a better man because of it. <laughs> I definitely am. I learned to choose slow. You know, somebody's watching this video and they're going to be like, you do, you got to choose slow. So, um, so let's, let's just, let's just get right into it. Ray, um, when we're talking Easter, um, you know, when we were talking about this, expectations are a big part of going into Easter Sunday and, um, and maybe preparing for that. So, so what comes to mind when we talk about expectations for Easter? Yeah, PJ, man, I love this topic. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, gosh, for almost 30 years, you know, I, I love Easter. I mean, that it's a Super Bowl Sunday for pastors. You get excited about it. And I think coming out of COVID, it's been such a hard year and, and so frustrating. I, I was in a learning community yesterday with a group of guys and, and man, we just spent the time just talking about kind of the fog that we're living in right now. And, and everybody's just ready to kind of move forward. And so here's Easter. It's right around the corner. And, you know, I'm thinking today, especially about those guys that are the single staff guys, you know, they're, they're, they may be leading the music, they're the Sunday school director, um, you know, they may be cleaning the toilets, working with the youth, you know, and now here comes Easter. Uh, they know that more than likely, this is going to be the best chance that they're going to have guests come. So how, how does that single staff guy, you know, best utilize his time right now to, to get prepared to connect those guests 
to groups because we know that you know if discipleship's going to happen we've got to get them connected in relationships and so here's your opportunity they're coming so yeah you mentioned the word expectation and i think that's that's so critical because if we expect that guests are going to be there then we need to be intent on creating a pipeline and preparing um, to to uh, to get to know them in order to get them connected. So I think we've got to start with when we have this conversation is how are you gathering information, uh, making sure that you know that they're there, um, whether you're using a card or whether you're using um, text message or different things like that, but being prepared and making sure, Pastor, one thing that you've got to do is make sure that you have a way that you are going to gather that information and know who those people are so, so you can follow up. Kenny, you and I were talking about this the other day. Um, what are some of the things that, that, that you guys use on, on especially any Sunday morning, but especially on Easter, to make sure that you're connecting with those people when they come and they visit? Uh, great question, Ray. We did have a good conversation. And we talked about <clears throat> simply we, we're doing a connect card um, at this moment in time. And of course, you know, you've got your, your simple information on the front and then on the back, I've got what next steps and maybe a takeaway from the message. What I've found in this COVID season is that invitation wise, we're not having people in droves come down to the altar, right? I mean, we've had to, to re, <clears throat> re-look at that and see how that works out. And I know that's not in every church, but in our specific setting, people aren't just, just marching down the front and like, man, we can't do this. But what I've done is I've moved to this card and I'll, I'll walk through this with them at the end of the message um, very intentionally in that, in, in that they, everybody has a card. Okay. You gra- grab your card. Let's talk about next steps. And I'm not assuming in the, this church that, that they have been through a next steps class. They've been, they're actually in a small group to say, because we have a smaller percentage that's, that's in a small group right here at our location right now. Uh, we're talking about baptism, talking about decisions, all those things that would be on that specific card and trying to move them in, in, into that. So I will, I will wrap the message up and then walk them through that card. And by doing that, I've found that, that those guests that are with us, that they, I, I gather their information. Now I can follow back up with them through text or whatever um, that afternoon, the next morning, send out an email. We also use that uh, text in church uh as well so that they can you know text to give they can text to say hey connect and then 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 we've got that whole process going with those so those are two of the tools that we've been using but what i've been finding in my location because we are in a smaller community and it is out here rural it's it's out here in the wilderness as we would call it down here that the the next steps card for me works and then that way we can take them from there to move them to a whatever that next step would look like and it's pretty interesting because just in last uh few weeks we've had an entire family uh adult mom and dad um with an adult child uh who has um decided that hey after all these many years they wanted to join and they wanted to get they wanted to get baptized they've never been baptized so taking those next steps and so hey the mom and dad and the daughter on one sunday after church we just went over and, and, and had a baptism. So it, it's, it's being intentional in that process. And so um, I know the Hawthorne effect is one of those things we're kind of looking at as well. Hey, it's going to get old and stale. Hey, man, Pastor, you've been working us through this every single week. I mean, we're kind of getting bored with this. And so I don't do it every week. But I know as far as Easter goes, I want to be prepared on that end to look at who, who's at the door, kind of greeting those people coming in there, but walking specifically through that because that is – one of the things we want to do is we want to we want to help them walk in this journey of faith 
And one of those steps is we need to get you into a discipling uh, community and, and get you growing. And so I, I think that's the two things we're going to use this Easter. And, and that's good you stuff. know, sometimes, sorry, there you go. No, I, you know, I, I, I was, I was thinking one of the things that Kenny said, I love is walking people through the guest card, you know, cause sometimes mm -hmm. people will use guest cards and they'll have them at the church and maybe they're in the pew rack or maybe they're in the bulletin and maybe they just mention it in passing at the beginning of the service. Hey, fill out the card. But man, especially on Easter, if you will carve out a few moments and you will take everybody through it, one of the things that I used to like to do is I, I would tell our congregation a couple of weeks before, hey, on this particular Sunday on Easter, I'm going to ask everybody to fill out a card. We're all going to do it together. I'd let the congregation know so, so those guests are not going to feel out of place when they're filling out a card because everybody else is around them. And it's also a good opportunity for you to... to Make sure that you have the right information on your members. Hey, let's update our files. Let's update our contacts. But on this particular Sunday, during this particular time, we're going to be very intent. We're all going to do this together. And um, so, man, just don't, don't think that just because it's in the pew rack or just because it's in the bulletin that people are going to fill it out. And I, I love one other thing you said, Kenny, that I really love is you're doing it at the end of the service. I would just have guys remember, hey, introduce it at the beginning Tell people it's there. There's different things on that card that, that you can be responding to. And throughout the service, just reminding them, hey, if you have a question on this, even during the sermon, if, if you have more information, you need more information, or you're just concerned about something, write it on that connect card that you have. And then at the end of the service, then you're taking everybody through it. So you're giving them multiple times throughout the service to fill that card out and then get that at the end of the information. Man, that's, that's good stuff. PJ. That is good stuff. And, and we got a lot of ground to cover. And so, but I want to say this really quick. So sometimes you're watching this, this broadcast, listening to this podcast, maybe you're watching it on YouTube and you're thinking like, where do they come up with these, these guys? Well, both of these guys know their community really well, have lived in it for a long time. One, uh, Kenny's been a, a teacher for several years in his community and Steve's arrested half of his neighborhood at some point, I believe. And so, <laughs> so between the two of you, um, uh, there, there's a, there's a single pastor that's watching that says, I know everybody in my little town, you know, I, I, there's a thousand people registered on the census and I know 900 of them. So, there, or there's a hundred people registered and I know 90 of them. Uh, there is a sense of that, but, but Steve, is it, is it still important when you think, you know, everybody to still do some kind of connection card like this at your church? Absolutely. The biggest thing, I agree with everything that's been said. The biggest thing is knowing your people helps you because basically like from law enforcement, we use our observation skills. When someone walks in, we highlight the ministry, highlight the card and get them to fill that out, but also observe who they are. If it's a single mom with a, with a daughter, you might want to mention to one of your single moms, hey, why don't you go speak to them? Something that connects. Use those observation. I know in law enforcement, they call it profiling, but it's just good observation. Just observe who they are so you can connect someone like-minded so they can connect because connection is everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, observation. And, and when we're on Sunday morning, it's Easter, and, you know, it is COVID, so we might think we may not even get a guest, and so we may not even be thinking about this this year. We just want Easter to happen. And so it's, it feels almost foreign than where we were a year ago to even be thinking this way, but, but observation matters, and, and you can't get to that person uh, on Sunday morning as the pastor. Um, e even if you're running 30 people, you may not be able to get to that guest and, 
and be the person that can do that. So card's still important. Ray, um, you know, we're talking about that Easter guest who comes and, and, and kind of like connecting the Easter message. So you, you've you been a pastor for a few decades and, and preached a few of these sermons. Um, how, how do you weave in getting that guest um, to come to a group in the Easter message? Well, I, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. And, and I, I think as a pastor, you know, we've got to be thinking, what's, what's the most important thing that we want to see in this service? And of course, we want to see people come to faith in Christ. Of course, we want to see people, um, you know, walk down the aisle if you do that or, or, or write on that guest card, I want to accept Christ. But more than likely, what's going to happen is what we really want is we want them to come back. We want them to connect with other people. We want them to begin to build relationships where the gospel can continue to, to be saturated, you know, into their lives. So, so I think, you know, maybe sometimes we think the most important thing is, man, I got to have that altar call. I got to have that specific closing um, uh, story or illustration. But, but I think maybe it, it would be good to begin to think if, if connection is the most important thing, getting these people to come back next week, then I need to be thinking all the way through the message. I need to be thinking through the songs. I need to be thinking through the introduction. And I need to think multiple times throughout the service, how do I tell these people, help them to see the importance of community, the importance of connection? So man, stories, testimonies, uh, having somebody from your group that has been changed and has been impacted by um, their group you know, share that story, whether through video or, or on stage or something like that. But, but really say if the most important thing is getting them to come back so we can continue to invest that gospel seed in them, then I've got to think throughout the service, all throughout the service, how do I promote the importance of groups and connections? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it is, um, you know, I, I self-admittedly, you know, I'll, I'll say I haven't been a preacher, you know, for, for three decades. And so I haven't preached dozens of Easter sermons. And so it's, it's not, it's not my place to say, well, this is how you should preach it, you know? And so you have Ray who has done it all these years and, and he's, and he's trying to, to say, okay, well, you can adjust just a little bit. These are just like micro little steps in a sermon, you know, still do what God has for you, still follow exactly where you're going. And, and, um, you know, I've, I worked at a church where we, we, we cut a cross, you know, in the middle of the whole service, you know, and built a cross and put it up. And, and even in that kind of a message, you can still talk about the connectivity and, and groups and just little micro steps. So don't overthink it in the, in the sermon, cause then it'll feel awkward. Um, but, but Steve, let's, let's talk about like life-changing stories. You know, I think you're a, a great storyteller and, um, and you certainly have a few, you know, but I, I would really like to know, like how, how can you weave these life-changing stories into an Easter message that then gets them to go to a group? Well, anytime you have a ministry, um, there's going to be miracles. God is going to show up and, and there's going to be a miraculous story in there. What, what you just look for. it, And then of course, as Israel did, you mark the miracle, you mark what God has done. And so in the middle of the message where of great, of course, on Easter morning, the miracle of the resurrection, you talk about the miracles God's doing still in your church and, and highlight that story. Talk about something that's been done. Just this week, we had someone that was preparing for a, um, a dissection of their colon because of a tumor. Um, this week, they went to get prepared for it, and they could not find the tumor. 
do not let something like that pass by. Mm. Highlight, highlight the people that were praying for him, how they laid hands on him, and, and mark God's miracle. I think it's just building a tabernacle on Sunday morning saying, this is what the Lord has done. And when people see your excitement and the church's excitement of a miracle, they want a part of that. That's good. Yeah, and Kenny, um, you know, you know a lot of people in your community in, in sharing stories. So do you share stories differently, you know, in that kind of a setting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all do. I think it, it, it partly that message that you're either the series that you're in, you're highlighting those things because we know that what, what gets uh, celebrated gets repeated. And so in, in that, we, we highlight those things. So like one of those things that, that I want to do this, you know, coming up on Easter is that just something that, that I said I don't know, maybe four weeks ago or whatever, maybe it's been five weeks now. Um, this whole thing about, about small group community or life groups or Sunday school class, that was those 12 to say 14 to 18 people is a little daunting and challenging for some in, in my context right now, because we're thinking COVID season, all that kind of things too. And I said, yeah, but you know what? Anybody can do three, right? So in that, what happened was I had one that, that grabbed a hold of that, who shared that with other people and, and by April, by the by mid-April or somewhere in that ballpark, we're, we're going to have roughly between five and eight small groups, like D groups in that, that's, that, that have been launched. We already have three now. We'll have eight, hopefully, by, by that time. And so that grabbed a hold. And so we highlight that. So then one of, one of my leaders, who's really shy, um, very introverted, um, and man, don't, don't want to put them on you know display and say names, all this kind of stuff, too, but said, listen, I was discouraged in this, but yet all of a sudden the light bulbs went off with, with these ladies and also, man, and I don't know why I haven't been doing this all along, starting to share those stories. And then, and then again, talking about those, the, the community aspect of it, knowing people in the community is, um, man, just highlighting some of the things that are happening in, in, in other, you know, maybe even other churches that, that, you know, other, other pastor friends that, you know, a lot of folks know these people in the community because they ebb and flow out of different workspaces and different mm -hmm. places of, of, say, Walmart or your grocery stores. And, um, man, what guy's doing, just like what we espoused a minute ago, hey, we went for a checkup or went for a test, and, hey, nothing there, giving glory to God. We can highlight those things because we, we're kind of in this thing together in a smaller community. It's not us, us, and them. It never has been, right? But but yeah. we're, we're highlighting what God is doing, and we're making much about him in that. So that's, that's kind of how I've been weaving things in and out of what we're doing. And it's such a little micro step at the end of that. You know, we, we're really good at everything about the praise report and miracle. And, you know, this person's body has been touched by God. And you can you can have that kind of relationship, too, with a with a group of people that will pray for you. And you can have that. I mean, that's it's a 10 second tag at the end of something to be mindful to get them into groups. And so, um, Ray, I hear you have some secret sauces that you're you're trying to buy, sell or something about a blog. So tell us a little bit about the, the blog that went with this discussion that we had. today. Uh, by the way, thanks, PJ. Hey, before we do that, um, if you're watching today, hey, comment, let us know who you are. Let us know, um, you know, where you're watching from. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put I think PJ will drop the link to this blog yep. and I wrote a blog this past week um, called the secret sauce to connecting guests um, to groups all of us you know we we always want to find that secret ingredient and you know we're talking about a lot of things today that um, you know you can't do everything but as PJ said you know just finding those few things to just being intentional to talk about groups and get people connected but I think stepping back and looking at the big picture and as you prepare and we're, we're only a few weeks away here but as you prepare. Um, for for 
Easter and getting people to connect to groups. The, the blog on the secret sauce is simply this. It's multiple connections. Mm. It, it's not just one time on Sunday morning. It's thinking of what are we going to do the next few weeks? And the end game is we want to connect people in groups. Now, some people may be members that haven't been involved in a group. Maybe they've fallen out. They're not connected since COVID. Um, they're not participating. So what we want to do is coming out of Easter, we want to get these people back in groups and we want to get our new people that are visiting plugged into our existing groups. So how do we do that? Well, the secret sauce is beginning to, to plan that out to where can we have multiple connections? So we talk about a pre-Easter event, um, not just waiting till that Sunday morning, but whether you're doing an Easter egg hunt or, um, you know, if you're talking groups, maybe say, hey, let's have our groups get together and um, have a gathering before Easter, maybe the Saturday night before, maybe the week before. All it is is your group saying, hey, we're going to meet together. We're going to have a meal. We're going to invite people who have not been attending. And we're also going to reach out maybe to a couple of guests. We're going to say, hey, we're having a get together at the house. Why don't y'all come and join us and be there? And so at that, at that um, pre-gathering, you're spending time um, getting, building those relationships again, building those connections again. And you're saying, Hey, you know, uh, looking forward to seeing you Easter Sunday morning. If it's a guest, Hey, you want to meet with me in the parking lot? You can sit with us when you come, you know, so you're making that pre-connection. And then during the service, the things we've already talked about, you're connecting with them. You're talking about groups, you're making another connection there. And then we'll talk about a post event follow-up. So that post event, whatever that is, another group gathering, um, or maybe a new members class, or maybe just a church-wide picnic, um, or just a more information gathering, something like that. So that secret sauce is you're not putting all your eggs just in that morning basket. You're looking at a pre-event, building relationships. You're building relationships on Sunday morning. You're, you're, you're solidifying those relationships um, on, on a post-event. We know this, that if people come to your church and they don't make a meaningful connection now, you can have great music, you can have a great message, you can have all that stuff, you can have guest services um, out the wazoo, but if they don't make a meaningful connection with somebody within a couple of weeks, they're not coming back. And so yeah. we want to take every opportunity we can, um, and so you're a single pastor, you're saying, man, I just don't have time to plan all of this stuff. Go find some hospitable people in your church, you know who they are, they love to party, they love to gather people together. <laughs> Get your, get your leaders in your groups and say, hey, plan a pre-event. Let's look at a post-event and work on those multiple connections. Secret sauce, man, it works. Well, I think one of those was sweet, one of those was sour, and one's heartburn. So y'all can write <laughs> in the comments on which one of those sauces uh, relate to that. But um, Ray Sullivan, man, thanks. Thanks for today. And um, Steve and Kenny, man, it's just so great to, to, to learn from both of you. Both of your churches are growing in a very difficult season of ministry. And, and often we're hearing, you know, all we do is talk about how we're only running 60 or 70% um, back in church. And, and in some ways, we don't want to be tone deaf to the situation that, that is still happening. And we realize that we're still in a pandemic and we're still figuring these things out. But let's celebrate. And, and, and so for both of y'all, as we've traveled around and, and gotten to know pastors, both of you have wins going on at your church. So I want both of you to just kind of celebrate one of those. Or if you have an event that you're doing post-Easter, just a, a final word from that. Kenny, go first. Well, I mean, we're, we're having a, a nice – we're having an Easter egg hunt, of course, the, the, the Saturday before. But we do have a wild game uh, luncheon basically on this coming uh, Saturday, uh, which uh, has been well attended by our community. And so we, we hope that we're going to have, you know, 150 to 200 people here. 
Um, and then we're going to look at some post things after we get past Easter to uh, get those together. But that's that's kind of what we've, we've got on the docket right now. Good deal. Pastor Steve? Well, one of the fun things we've done during COVID and it's sort of carrying on and it's really drawn a lot of outside members is we've been having ladies and men come in and make meals during the early parts of the morning. They'll do it a couple of times a week. And we take meals to shut-ins and anybody that needs it. So every Sunday we can highlight, hey, if you know someone that's not, they don't have to be a member of this church, you know someone that needs these meals, um, just tell us, put them on the list. Or you can come and be involved. And that has drawn a lot of people because they see it more not just a church thing, but a community thing of people who are in need. Yeah, and, and that is a really good thing. And, I, and I'll tell you just how much they um, are doing this and they don't realize it's unique. So even when we were done with our uh, men's event the other day and we had leftover food, the first thing pastor did was stand up and he went over there and made some plates and to take to those shut-ins to the men that couldn't make it. Like just to be thoughtful and mindful that we're going to end our men's ministry event with the people who didn't come. Maybe they, they can't get out because of COVID. Maybe they didn't want to get out. Uh, or maybe they were just, they were home. And, and I just thought that was a really good touch because you probably didn't even think twice about it because it's just what you do in your community. And that's what makes it really cool. So um, thank you all for, for being on the broadcast today. Absolutely great information. Um, we are here as Georgia Baptist uh, Discipleship Consultants to help every church of every size in any way that we can uh, to just flesh out these ideas. Easter's coming. And so uh, we want to partner together in that. Thank you all for being on and y'all have a, a great day. Thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist Discipleship Podcast. And we want to give you a gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship. The number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptist to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org forward slash discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world-impacting disciple-makers.